All right, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of different topics from parenting with my family, my kids, to things in men's wellness and, and health, to just things that guys and dads deal with, things that I deal with and I sometimes struggle with. I try to answer those burning questions that I have and maybe relate with you a little bit. So thank you for being here today. Well, that was quite a whirlwind couple of weeks there, wasn't it? That's uh, that's what I want to do with this show, though. That's where I want to take it. I want to talk to other people. I want to have really good conversations with a lot of different people. I actually got to talk to Gina Grad with her new book, My Extra Mom. It's actually out on Amazon, and it is number one in that category, so that's pretty awesome. She just has an interesting perspective with being in a blended family and helping raise her stepson. So she has a lot of great insight that will really help a lot of other parents and families in that situation or, you know, dealing with an environment like that. That's what that new book is for. So if you haven't bought it or checked it out, go do so. And by the way, it's just crazy to me that I got to actually chat with her for over an hour, mind you. I talked to her for over an hour and I've just listened to her so much in the past. It's just a really proud moment for me. And I know I'm kind of geeking out here a little bit, but it really is. And she even said that I was actually pretty good at this whole podcasting thing, which felt really great to hear that from someone who has all the experience that she has. She's been on Adam Carolla's podcast for a long time. She's been in radio for years, like we talked about. She is a, a true pro. So I appreciate a comment like that. So thank you, Gina, if you happen to listen to this. And all I did was ask. That's as simple as it was. All I did was send her a DM on Instagram and made it happen. But I'll talk more on that in a little bit. I also got to talk to Kevin Torres from Forging Elite Fathers as well. Another really proud moment for myself. He has simplified the workout process, really taken all the roadblocks that guys tend to use as excuses not to change their habits. No gym, no intense dieting, no huge amount of equipment, and mainly not doing it alone. And I think that's pretty awesome that he's doing this and putting that content out there and setting up this program to really help guys like me. So that's awesome. It's just small little habit changes that make the difference over time. I like how he said you don't have to cut out all the carbs, never eat your kid's birthday cake, or go keto, or any of those extreme changes to make a difference in your diet. Change those little habits of eating the peanut butter at the end of the evening after you put your kids to bed, or the little habit of having the M&Ms in your car. Even drinking. If you're, if you're an alcoholic drinker, drink a few less drinks a week. Drink a couple less sodas, whatever it may be. You've created these habits by doing these things regularly. Just like he said, brushing your teeth. Walk into the pantry like I do and say to yourself, I don't need any of this shit. And turn around, do the 180, and walk right back out. That, that works for me. I have to actively tell myself, go in there and be like, no, Justin, you don't need this stuff. And actively tell myself and then turn around and leave. Do you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? The, the, one of the most amazing sitcoms, I think. At least the first few seasons, anyways. It's like the Shinjitsu episode, where every time Barney would sneeze, he would then 
recommend going to Shinjitsu. And then after a while, anytime Barney would sneeze, then Marshall, he would want to go eat Shinjitsu. Because Barney created this connection in Marshall's head over time and worked into a habit and a pattern and routine. That's just like what we do with the M&Ms or the granola or whatever. We make these subconscious connections and then all of a sudden we're doing them all the time. And I know counting calories is not for everyone. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know a lot of people even say that you don't need to do it. It's a waste of time or you don't need to do it to lose weight, whatever, which is true. Maybe you don't. But here's the thing. How do you know what to cut out of your diet or where to make big changes in your diet if you have no breadcrumb trail of what you've been eating? You have no history of what you ate throughout the day. You have no log of what you're doing in your diet. Does that make any sense? I mean, sure, it's easy just to say, well, eat less. Just go eat less, okay? But sometimes it's not that easy because our brains will play tricks on us. But what I found out is the scale doesn't lie and the food log doesn't lie. As long as you're logging your food correctly, and also I use MyFitnessPal and it can be very skewed, so you kind of have to do some research when you put your food in there, but those things don't lie. And I don't think you necessarily need to log forever like I do. I still log. I've been logging for pretty consistently almost four years. I've been logging and weighing my food. That's just what I do. It keeps me honest. But I don't necessarily think everyone has to do that. I think if you logged for a couple of days, a week, two weeks, something like that, just to kind of get your baseline and see where you're at and see what your macros are and what you're eating, I think it would really open your eyes up a bit to what you're putting in your body. And if you started logging, I'm willing to bet and say you're going to be surprised, A, your protein's going to be probably quite low. Your carbs and your fats, of course, are going to be quite high. I'm just saying that's probably what it's going to be. I think, I believe that protein is one of the hardest things to consume. You walk into your pantry, it's mostly full of carbs and fats. There's usually not a whole lot of protein in there. So you really have to make some wise choices to make sure you fill that up, if that makes sense. It sounded corny. And B, you're probably going to find out that you're eating way too much, that your portion sizes are much larger than they need to be. That's what I did when I would eat food before to after I would weigh it. I was like, oh my gosh, I was eating almost double what I should have been once I started measuring the food. It's kind of crazy and very eye-opening. Anyways, as long as we be consistent with our food and our workouts and sure have that motivation, but motivation is temporary. We also need to have that discipline as well. Motivation is going to fade. And that's where having this routine and a community like Kevin's created, that's where this comes into play. Weekly check-ins to keep everyone accountable and consistent, like I said. It's not simple, but it's simple. You know, if you want to do it, you can do it. I think the biggest obstacle sometimes is yourself or myself. And when I went through and I proofed that episode I had with Kevin, there were so many things I wanted to ask him or other things I had written down that I just glossed over and spaced and forgot and I wish I brought up. So I know I'm going to have to do another show with him at some point 
and get more in-depth on maybe certain topics and, and talk about other things. But like one of the things I thought I talked about and I didn't was stress. I think stress plays a huge role in the amount people work out or how well they take care of themselves or their overall health. Well, we know it does. And sure, some people like to go to the gym and and hammer out a gnarly workout and de-stress and get some of this pent-up aggression out and blow some steam off, you know. But others, like myself, when I get stressed out with life and I get busy with things going on and things that I can't control or running out of time or whatever, what happens? The gym is usually the first thing to get chopped out of my schedule, especially when I'm running low on time or mentally dealing with a lot of other things. Just like when I had all these contractors in my house the past few weeks. By the way, that's all done, finally, thank God. But I was stressed out. I was dealing with a lot of stuff and screw-ups by contractors and, and paying them for a job I wasn't really happy with. If you happen to listen to the assertiveness episode and then, and then finding another painter or another contractor come in and fix things that the first one did and then having other guys come in and then dust in my house and things just going crazy. It was just a very stressful time. And there's no way that I could think about heading out to the gym for an hour or more. I just didn't have the time to do that in the midst of all these things going on. And I think a lot of guys get into that mentality. Or when you're busy with work and you had a long day, usually the last thing you want to do is spend an hour plus away from your family, going to the gym and doing other stuff. Again, you just got home and then you leave again, you know. You want to sit down. You want to bond with your wife. You want to read books to your kids, right? I get that. That's me. I understand that. But that's where Kevin's at-home short workouts kind of come into play. We all have time. I really know that we all have time that we could rep out three sets of 10 push-ups and three sets of bodyweight squats and then maybe do 45 sit-ups. I don't know. I just pulled that out of thin air. But just start there and do that every morning when you get up, before you get dressed, before you get in the shower. Knock that out and see how you feel in a week. See how you feel in two weeks. Just a little challenge there. Start that every morning. Some basic little change like that and see if it can really cascade and change your life. I think you'll be surprised. Send me a message. Do that. And I also think a lot of men easily cast health aside in favor of personal enjoyment, little enjoyment, whatever. Typically eating too much or not eating great choices because you would rather have the T-bone steak than the chicken, or you'd rather have the, you know, whatever, or drinking too much, like I mentioned earlier, alcohol, that is. And they tend to prioritize these other feel-good indulgences rather than doing the right thing or the needed thing and taking control of their health and what they put in their bodies, honestly. That's what I kind of think. And those things go right back into being conscious about those habits, those little changes like we talked about last week, and changing them just a little bit to better ourselves. I mean, how many times, I know I've been really serious today, but how many times do we need to see ourselves in a mirror and feel unhappy with ourselves? Do you do that ever? I do that. I'm getting better with it, but it's a problem. Or wake up the next day from drinking copious amounts of alcohol and feel like total garbage, and you regret everything that you did. You just feel sorry for yourself. You feel bad. You feel gross. We feel bad that we couldn't tell ourselves no. 
or mentally inside, we couldn't say, you know what? No, I don't need to drink seven cocktails. I don't need to drink this and eat a half of a pizza or whatever, because you're going to wake up and you're going to be hungover. You're going to feel terrible. You're going to have like the alcohol sweats. You're, you're going to smell bad. Even if you take a shower, you're going to sweat this alcohol out. You're not going to be there for your wife. You're not going to be there for your kids. You're going to be a pile, you know? How many times do we need to repeat, rinse and repeat that before we're like, God, like I don't need this in my life anymore. And I've been there more than I'd like to admit. I'll be honest. And I'm not saying you need to cut alcohol out forever or cut indulgences out forever. Just like Kevin said, we don't need to not eat the birthday cake at our kids' parties anymore. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But if that's a big habit for you to continually do all the time, then it may be something worth looking into. I think we can all kind of take a look at our own lives, our own health, and say, yeah, I don't need to do this every day or every week or whatever time frame it is. Another thing I wanted to dive in with Kevin about was his typical day. What does a normal day look like for him? What is his routine and his schedule that he does on a daily basis? If you see that dude on Instagram, he is up at 5 a.m. He's outside crushing his morning workout in the courtyard where he lives. I think he lives in New York. And he's just hammering out that. And then he's, you know, posting. He's doing other stuff and posting. He's going for a run. And I don't know. It just amazes me the drive that he has to do that. And I kind of wish I had that but it's about habit changes, so maybe I'll get there. Anyways, sorry for just sitting here and recapping the past two weeks of people I talked to. I know that's probably not very enjoyable, but I'm just really happy, and I'm trying a little harder to change how this show is and make it better for you and create better content and have really meaningful conversations with people. And all I did was ask, and that's the bottom line. That's like the takeaway for me with a lot of this is all I did was ask, at least with Gina. I sent her a message, like I said, and it was like, boom, she responded right away. She said, hey, send me an email. Let's get this set up. And it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Granted, it's not like I'm two for two in this department because Kevin actually reached out to me. So I was actually kind of blown away by that. And I have sent out other emails to potential guests, haven't really had much responses, so that's okay. It happens, you know, got to get used to rejection and everyone's not going to just jump on and be like, yeah, sure, I'll come on your little no-name podcast or whatever. So this all just kind of got me thinking at how many potential successes or promotions even or positive outcomes that are missed because people are too afraid to ask too afraid to hear that response of no or have an awkward conversation. I bet there's quite a few that just avoid it completely. They avoid the ask because they don't want the rejection and they don't want to have a weird conversation. And I know the feeling when asking for help. I think I've talked about this before briefly on another show. I absolutely hate asking people to help me do something. I will break my back. I will struggle doing something myself rather than ask somebody for help or relying on someone for something. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because on some sub-level, it makes me feel like I don't have control if I'm having to rely and ask somebody else, maybe, that I'm giving that control or power to the person that I'm asking. I don't know. I need to get over that. I know I do. 
yes, rejection will hurt. The, the complete silence when you don't get a response back will suck. I've felt it. I've sent emails for this show, and I don't hear anything back. Feeling foolish is, is uncomfortable, but at least you tried. At least I tried. Maybe it'd be with getting interviews for a podcast, asking for a raise or a promotion at work, asking for more clarification or time on a project, or even just talking with your spouse and asking them for help or asking them for change. Maybe it's even something within yourself. Just, just ask is all I'm saying. Like, all, like with all this stuff with Kevin and health and everything else, just ask yourself maybe what you want. Do you want to feel better? Do you want to pick up your kids and play with them on the floor and run around the yard with them? Do you want those things? Do you want to feel good about yourself? Just ask yourself those questions and see what the answer is. And also, if you have a hard time with the ask, then start small. Ask your kids for help. Ask your spouse for help. Kind of let yourself realize that you can rely on them and go to them for things. And then the more you do it, just like anything else, like with what I talked about earlier, the repetition and the routine, the easier it'll become. Then branch out. Ask friends, ask neighbors. Just get used to it. Just get used to it. Small scale. And don't forget to be genuine either and have gratitude when you do it. Because that's always kind of weird when you ask someone or when someone asks for help, but they sound like they have this big chip on their shoulder. They need help, but they're incon- it's inconveniencing them to ask you. or something. It just gets very weird and you get attitude about it. I don't like that. Also try to give something back as well. Offer yourself up to help or assist others. And I think doing that will really build your confidence as well. And another thing is, is don't beat around the bush about it. Don't play the guilt card. Hey, boss, nice tie. Um, yeah, uh, what did you think of the game last night? Uh, yeah, so I know you're looking to promote someone for this job. And, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm good enough to be considered? I don't know. Sorry, that was my best sheepish employee impression. But you see what I mean. That doesn't sound, A, doesn't sound confident. B, you're beating around the bush. You're kind of playing the guilt card. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't sound like you want or feel like you could even do the job. And I'm just using the job as a, you know, an example. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm unemployed. So it could, you know, think of that in any context that you want. Even if you talk to your wife, you have a hard time maybe having a difficult conversation. Don't go in there all sheepish and uh, passive. Not saying be an asshole, just saying, you know. And lastly, okay, we do all those things, but we still need to be okay with hearing N-O, feeling that rejection. It's okay. It's not going to go the way that we want all the time. It's not. That's just a matter of fact. That's part of life. And I don't want to get into it too much. I know I already have, and I've gone down this road that I cannot come back from. But it's something that we really need to show our kids to that it's okay to do. It's okay to ask for help. It's something not to be scared or ashamed of to ask for things. I was just reading some Reddit article, and many of the comments about asking for help, there were people in there that had been raised in situations that they were taught that asking for things was bad and you should never ask for things and all this other stuff. 
and now they're adults and they have huge issues with asking for help or asking for anything or standing up for themselves or any of that stuff. So it's something that really matters. And also it's okay to teach our kids rejection too. They need to understand that it's okay to get rejected because I think that builds some resilience, right? Anyway, slight deviation that I did not intend to make, but that's okay. That's what happens when I'm sitting in a padded closet talking to you. So yes, there are still going to be plenty of one-man banded shows just like this one, but I'm really trying to have that confidence and assertiveness uh -huh, to get more guests in here to talk to more people. And as of this week, I've already shot out a few emails to potential people, so hopefully somebody will get back to me and come on the show and they can uh, tell stories and have a message that they want to get out there and kind of some things that you can relate with and enjoy to listen to. So that's what I'm trying to do. That's it. But anyways, that's all I have for this week's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, thank you for making it this far. I know it was mainly just kind of a mellow recap of the last few weeks and not much in the realm of awesome dad advice like I usually try to give, but that's okay. I don't want to preach too much. I know I preached a little bit hard there on the asking, but I think it's good to know. I think it's good to practice. Oh, and I also wanted to mention that I did start an Instagram page just for Stay at Home Dads podcast. It's actually at stay at home dads underscore podcast. So go check it out. See what you think. I'm going to be pulling and putting together a lot of clips from other episodes, making some content, probably post some funny dad memes on there, maybe just some little clips of myself talking about random thoughts that I have. I'm really going to try to make it kind of a, a fun thing in a cool place, you know, to interact with people. So please go check that out. Hit the follow button. Let me know that you're following. That really helps me out. And hopefully I post some stuff that you'll enjoy. Also, if you would, please tell a friend. Tell a coworker when you uh, when you ask for a favor from your boss. Tell them about this show. Tell them about this podcast. Help me spread the word and get it to more ears out there. Let them know it's on all the streaming platforms. Pretty pretty easy to get by now. So, all right, that's all I have for today, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.